we have returned to the proclamation of the Gospel of Mark. Mark is the Gospel for year B in the three-year cycle of the lectionary. And the last time we heard from Mark was on February the 14th, the Sunday before Lent. There were a couple of exceptions. For example, last week we heard from Mark on the Feast of the Body and Blood of Jesus. But now we'll hear from Mark for several Sundays in a row. And then, because Mark didn't write enough to get us through all of ordinary time, we will stop and hear from the Gospel of John for four or five Sundays. And then we'll return to Mark for the rest of ordinary time. And he will take us right up to the beginning of Advent. And before you know it, it'll be Christmas. Students and scholars of Mark's Gospel can't help but notice that Mark writes as someone who's in a hurry to let us know who Jesus is and what his message is all about. And so Mark tends to concentrate on the uh, actions and conversations that unfold in Jesus' ministry as he encounters folks along the way. The only parables about the kingdom of God in Mark are in chapter 4, and there are only three, and we heard two of them today. So Mark wants us listeners, readers of the gospel, to pay close attention to what Jesus is teaching in these parables. All three of them have an agricultural setting. They are essentially about the planting of seed in the earth and the harvesting of that seed. But before that happens, Mark tells us that the mustard seed, for example, produces a great branch, a great uh, plant. And we say, well, you know, that seems to be simple enough, so much so that we are tempted to say, well, uh, I can get that. I know what that's all about. But wait. Parables are intended to jolt our thinking, to get us to see beneath the ordinary images. They have a certain mysteriousness to them. They're not what they seem at first glance. For underneath the ordinary images, the spiritual listener will discover a new territory to explore. And it's rooted in the listener and the speaker's spiritual imagination. The mystery in both these parables is how a tiny seed becomes a great plant. As Jesus points out, even the farmer doesn't know how the seed that he planted became an abundant harvest of grain. And if farmers don't know this, it means that God is up to something. In fact, no self-respecting farmer would plant a mustard seed. The mustard plant is the most annoying weed. And my father could spot one in a field of grain from 200 yards, and he would say to my brother and I, see that yellow plant up there? Go, get it out of there. Perhaps a mustard tree is something different. So I will give Jesus credit for understanding the growth of the mustard tree, the mustard bush. 
this might seem a little frustrating for the listener. Jesus doesn't always give a detailed explanation of his parables. In fact, he rarely does. He waits for the listeners to reflect, to contemplate, and then to come to that aha moment. One such insight might be in realizing that all that is living begins as a tiny seed. The grain of the field, the trees of the forest, the human person begins in this manner as well. Like the farmer in the parable, we're not quite sure how the entire process happens. But then again, as human beings, we don't get to the full wisdom of God all at once. The majestic cedar described in Ezekiel began as a tiny shoot taken from the topmost branch of another tree. And only after years, we are told, did it appear in all its glory. And then the birds of every kind could come to dwell in the shade of its branches. The parable of the mustard seed echoes this same development. And we might ask, who are these birds? They're vagabonds, pilgrims, seekers. They're like us. Aren't we also looking for a place of shelter, a place to belong, a place to rest and nest? The branches of God's care stretch far and wide. The mystery of the kingdom of God is both hidden and revealed in these images. The life that unfolds within the great cedar and within the giant mustard tree is the life that unfolds within each of us. We don't grasp the fullness of the reign of God all at once. We start small. But our potential for spiritual greatness is as remarkable as the growth of the great cedar, the grain, and the mustard tree. Who among us ever thought We'd be where we are, who we are, doing what we do 40, 50, 60 years ago. Just as the growth of the grain and the mustard plant is imperceptible from one day to the next, so too is the growth of the grace of God within each of us. In a few days, we here in this community will celebrate the jubilees of a number of our sisters. And we will all reflect on our own memories and stories that shaped our respective journeys to this moment. Even with the mistakes and doubts of life along the way, great good has happened. We truly are a work in progress. As Paul tells the Corinthians, we walk by faith, not by sight. And we might paraphrase that to say, we grow by faith, for we are not in charge. We might sometimes see ourselves as so many seeds of the reign of God that, that has been planted on the earth. And so these parables hold a spiritual challenge for each of us. Personal development has a purpose, a purpose in the mind of God. The work of the reign of God is the action of God, gently, mysteriously, 
but deliberately fermenting within each of us. If a single seed can become a harvest of grain that becomes bread for the many, if a tiny mustard seed can become shade and comfort for all who seek and need it, then the seeds of the reign of God implanted within our hearts and our spirits can become living parables, the true signs that God is in the world.